actually, the power just came on. The fan's Woo! on. The laptop just came on, too. Yeah. All right. Yes. <laughs> Stoked. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. My name is Matt Landry, and in this 26th episode, I'm here with Petra Walker. Hi. Through this podcast, we discuss the world of being a new artist, the need for authenticity in the industry, new artist resources, and Petra's origin story. We also play Dream Fest. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. For those who are new to the podcast, Cloud Machine is about the music industry and its stakeholders, meaning everybody that works in it, lives it, loves it, and surrounds it. Our goal is to shine a light on roles, people, and realities of the music industry that are often forgotten or taken for granted. Whether you're someone that's dreaming about making a move in the industry, have some songs recorded and don't know what to do with them, or just a listener that wants to learn more, you are at the right place. (laughs) This week, I have the immense pleasure of welcoming my friend and fellow Creative Industries graduate to the podcast, Petra Walker. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. I've never uh, pressed a button during the intro. I really liked it. I just just felt like it, you know? It was good. (laughs) I didn't expect it, so. Yeah, Yeah, good. Um... (laughs) Starting the podcast, like uh, like every other single podcast we start, um, do you have a favorite live show you've ever been to as a fan? Yeah. I don't know if it's embarrassing to say. Um, there's two. Mm-hmm. First one's kind of embarrassing. Ah, you know what? Screw it. One Direction. Yeah. <laughs> I Great. Came, I came to Toronto in high school. I think I was like 14. Okay. Um, bought tickets. I was such a fan of them. Bought tickets, was so stoked, and then a few months later, Zane left, and so <laughs> I, I know, so I only saw four of them. Um, between them, just for the excitement of it, or Bruno Mars. Whoa, okay. I, I saw Bruno Mars the day before Frosh, so <laughs> I went to move in to like my new life, really sure. tired and hungover, but it was so fun. He's such an amazing performer and musician, and yeah, it, it was really good. So. What, do you remember what tour that was on? So like, uh... <laughs> twenty four karat was that what it was called? Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think so, yeah. amazing, amazing. Such a great record. And my mom and my dad were there too. And my mom like has her classic dance moves, and so it was sure, like, really sure. cute. Like looking back at her and just like having a really good time. He had confetti at one point. Ooh, mm-hmm, yeah. it was good. Where was it? Uh, Scotiabank, I think. Okay, great. yeah, huge. It was, it was really big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, I can't remember why, but we were supposed to be like. Kind of like in like section 300 or something. Yeah. Or wherever. And ended up being second row. We were right there. We were like to like stage right. And it was so sick. <laughs> like he like sweat on me basically. Okay. W- was there like a moment where like somebody like brought you to like the front of the stage kind of thing? Or is it like sort of no. like a, it was a surprise kind of thing? Like I, th- I think it was because I was getting tickets with <laughs> I was getting tickets with one of my mom's like lifelong best friends who also was my friend too like growing growing sure, up sure, her sure. and I would hang out and do stuff together yeah um and we both loved Bruno Mars so we were looking at tickets together and then I think like oh, it was a few years ago but I think she she ended up like not being able to come but then her tickets still got processed and so okay and they ended up being really good tickets and so she gave them to us but it was just my sister and I up front, and then my parents were a few rows behind us, but they somehow got an upgrade. I think, like, something got screwed up in their, like, ticket ordering process. Sure. Yeah, it was it was great. Wild. I know. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. 
Do you have a favorite uh, experience as a uh, as a musician on stage? Do you have like a favorite show you've played? Mm. Um, any highlights? Um, you know, okay, there was one that I did um, in Toronto last summer at the Dakota Tavern, mm-hmm. and yeah. I played with my friend's band, and we just we. I think there was like eight of us on stage and it was it was sold out um and it's a small room there and it it, yeah. it gets steamy but it was so fun everyone was dancing and screaming people were like on each other's shoulders um and it was just it was just one of those shows where the energy of the room just made it so much more elevated yeah um yeah i had like such a crazy adrenaline rush after that's amazing mm-hmm. what, what band was this uh rubber tire peep show Woo! shout out shout out rubber. to rubber tire there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any like favorite? Uh, I guess another another note here. Do you have a favorite project you've worked on? Um, maybe a recent project, recent single, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, can I say mine? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, mine. Um, I had been working on a few songs. Okay, I've been writing songs since high school, but mm-hmm. never really worked on them professionally until. About two years ago, I started working with my producer, Sam Arian. Um, and oh, shout out. Shout out. Um, and yeah, I've spent about a year um, working with him and just developing my songs into mm-hmm. what they are now. And actually, we finished recording them a year ago today. Is today July 5th? Yeah. Yeah, a year ago today. Finished recording vocals. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Whoa, okay. Full circle. Yeah, yeah. I remember talking to him and being like, oh, I wonder when these songs are coming out, you know, by the time they're mixed and then mastered and then like my plan and yeah. And here we are a year ago today, a year Jeez. ago today. That's wild. Yeah. No. Okay. So the last thing that you, you all did on the record was the vocals. No, we, okay. So uh, I guess I'm lying. We finished <laughs> recording vocals today, but right. then the last day of recording, um, we went to Union Sound and um, recorded my friend Owen playing drums yeah. and piano. Great. And that was a week from now. Yeah. Moving on to the second question or second topic here is uh, your reflection on Erica Badu's quote. The audience knows it. Um, music and music business are two different things. Um, so what are your first instincts when I, I, I say that? When I say the quote, I'll say it again. Music and music business are two different things. Ooh, well, true. Okay, so I think, mu- yeah, music is like the creative element of it. Like, I know every musician kind of has their own method Method yeah. of the Madness and, and what they write about and how they write and what they write for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like a lot of people don't understand, like, you can't just do music. You have to know the business. Sure. Um, especially when you're starting. Um, but, yeah, I think the music business is its whole other monster. Mm-hmm. Um, and music is another thing too. Music, music is so complicated and there's so much that goes into it. Um, you can like, I, I have songs that I wrote in one morning, yeah. but then between actually building it up and working on production, it took like six months. Yeah, um, yeah totally. And then I have other songs that could have just been done like this. I don't know. It just, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
often songs are just written in that morning or it's like a it's like a it's like a brief moment that you that you that you're feeling in that moment and then it takes a year or whatever to, to produce it mm-hmm. and then there's the, the those art those fans only hear it like a year after that yeah so sometimes that that uh that song that you wrote on july 5th <laughs> yeah. 20 whatever 2014 or whatever um can only be heard like in the next year or whatever and it's the, the song process is so so wild just in in that aspect how are you sort of navigating the business of like 2023 um the music business of 2023 and especially now even graduated from from the creative industries uh, program um yeah yeah i think honestly since we graduated which was what 2021 i think yeah um just in the last two years i feel it's already changed from what we've learned. Yes. Um, sure. I don't even know if TikTok was really that much of a thing back then. I don't remember talking about it. No. Um, and now it's huge. Like you, you need to be established online and having a social media presence is obviously so important, not just in music, like any kind of business to begin with, because people want to see who you are, what you're doing, what you're offering. But, um, yeah, I feel like now it's really it's really all about content and doing it often. Yeah. At least in the beginning. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I'm seeing like so many bands now um who've been been popular for the last like 10 plus years mm-hmm. who weren't really that active online. Now they have like a whole like content production team doing their TikTok and Instagram reels and stuff. Um because you kind of have to. So wild, so wild. I know. You even step into like uh, into Universal Music offices here, um, where Trent worked. Shout mm-hmm. out Trent. Shout out Trent. Um, and there's such a big social media team. Mm-hmm. It's like almost more than half of of of, of the of the people that work there. It's it's so wild. The music has changed um, so much. How are you doing? How are you doing with like content? Obviously, I see you on socials on TikTok. Go follow Pedro Walker on, on socials and stuff. Oh yeah, everybody! <laughs> Thank um, you. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but but how is the um, how is that whole like thing for you? Do, do you think that it's like it takes away from from the whole thing? Like a lot of a lot of artists feel differently about it. Okay, well, I kind of hate it. I'm not gonna lie. Sure. <laughs> but it's ironic because I work in social media. Yes. Um, like I have clients yes. for social media and digital marketing. Mm-hmm. But I think it's different when I'm working for someone else. Yeah. Because I'm removing myself and I'm just putting myself in their shoes. Like they have certain goals they want to reach. They they have a different type of community. And so it's almost easier for me to be able to do that for my designated amount of hours and then shut shut off everything like yeah. shut my computer off shut my brain off but get then, paid or whatever yeah whatever. i get paid for it <laughs> sure, um, sure. but then for my own stuff like i do everything i do my own content creation a and r marketing like i wear all the hats yeah um and that's kind of what you have to do um i would love to you know build a team and that's definitely a goal of mine in the next year or so but right now i'm doing all my content which is it's fine but yeah just for like the demand for content production is so high Mm -hmm. and everyone wants to go viral. So it's interesting because I don't mind making content. If I can just put my phone up and like talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about and slap a song over it, maybe it's one of mine and then call it a day. But then that gets 300 views. Yeah, 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 sure. And then 
then you like go to like the TikTok creators website, for example, they have a list of the viral songs and tick um, hashtags and like, I'm not out here doing a TikTok dance. I can't even dance to begin <laughs> with. I'm not, I'm not going to do a dance. I'm not going to do a trend just for the sake of it. Cause I feel like I'm, I feel like it's like I'm degrading myself. Yeah. But maybe that's just a, per, it's a personal thing. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know if degrading is the right word, but I just feel like it's not authentic to myself. Sure, 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 sure. And how are you, we'll talk about it later on as well, but um, how are you sort of navigating, like wh- what, are, what are your alternatives to following the trends currently? Honestly, um, and I guess a lot of people do this, but just making whatever trend relevant to my life, whether it's music related or like personal things. Yeah. Because I'm a very big open book. I will talk about anything, even really dark, like traumatic things too, very, sure. very normally. And then sometimes I forget that people aren't that open. And sure. I'm like, oh my God, I'm sure, so sure. sorry. I didn't mean to truth bomb. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I guess, yeah, if I'm doing a trend or if I'm honestly, sometimes I'll just make a content, uh, make content that might be like dark humor and then slap a popular song over it just sure, sure. for the sake of it. Yeah, 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 totally. Volume down. Yeah, yeah volume down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, nice. Um, Where do you think the, the music industry is going? I mean, just, uh, just a one last question uh, before we go into the origin story here. But I think like just, just in terms of trends and what I'm seeing, AI and VR is like blossoming right sure. now i think so many people oh my god the photoshop thing with um ai where you can just like change a whole background in two seconds instead of spending hours on photoshop which i used to do it's crazy um and so i think with music and i feel i see a lot of people talking about this i feel mm-hmm. i don't really like it with ai being making it so easy to just make music without talent or skill or like time and money spent okay sure um but at the same time i do think it's really cool i don't really know where i stand maybe that's not a really good answer no well that's that's sort of where we're going i think it's it's even beyond the music industry mm-hmm. we don't know how ai will be affecting just our daily lives mm-hmm. there's so much stuff Scary. so much stuff it's, but even yeah. vr like what is it, the uh, apple yeah. apple glasses or something yes, Google? yes. <laughs> yeah that's crazy yeah so crazy and yeah. I saw I saw the video of it where like like it's like the guys like zooming in and then I literally was like what if the f- the near future is like you're walking you just see people like pinching air and you're like what the hell are they doing? Yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> so wild. Um going into the origin story. Um Where'd you grow up? Just starting from there. Timmins, Ontario. Do you have a sound for that? Uh, I used to have that sound, but it got too oh. annoying for the people at home while I was editing. Oh, sorry. It's fine. Do no, no, acapella. no, no. It's, it's great. It, acapella <laughs> rap horn is great. Rap horn. Yeah. Um, yeah, Timmins, Ontario. Woo. I think it's like nine hours north of Toronto. Uh, sounds about right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you and I first bonded over when we first met. Yeah. The northern life. The northern life. But you were from a the great, city. A great, uh, a great uh, Sudbury-based newspaper, by the way, the Northern Life. Wait, is it actually? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> ah, I forget what Timmins is. It's probably. I think it, it was the Timmins Daily Press, which I don't know if they've rebranded. Don't know why they would, but um, might be mixing up with North Bay here. But isn't there like a train one in Timmins? Train? No, like not a, that I know. No, of. like a no. <sighs> but anyway, for those who don't know, I'm from Sudbury, Ontario. Pictures from Timmins. Uh, which is four hours from Sudbury. So if you thought Sudbury was north, 
Timmins is four more hours north than that. Mm-hmm. So uh, shout out Timmins, Ontario, one time. Um, just still have some folks up there. Are you still going? Yeah, my grandparents are still up there. My aunt and nice. uncle, my cousin. She has a few babies now, which Ooh. is like crazy. Um, I actually still have my 705 number too. I just same here. <laughs> haven't changed it. It's great. 705. Yeah. Shout out. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Timmins. Um, loved it, actually. Like, I, I knew I wanted to move out and, and go somewhere bigger than that. Like, a lot of people move out of Timmins and might go to Sudbury or North Bay or, um, like, London, Ontario. But I wanted more. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, Ottawa. Yeah. It's a big one for Sudbury. If you move to Ottawa after high school... Mm. It's a big, it's a big move, big move. Yeah. I think though, like when I, I remember knowing I wanted to be a musician when I was a kid, but then as I got older and like teachers were saying, you have to take your prerequisites to get into the program you want sure. and you have to start when you're 14. Like I didn't, yeah. like, <laughs> it's true. I, yeah. And I, I was always creative. So I was just kind of trying to do like generic smart decisions with my school, like taking yeah, yeah. a lot of math and shit. Same. Definitely not science though. Science yeah. was not my thing. My teachers okay. probably hated me. Um, but yeah, a lot of the creative classes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then when I discovered creative industries, I'd also wanted to move to Toronto, but my parents mm. were like, oh, like it's it's too expensive and it might be overwhelming for you going from Timmins to Toronto. And then I was like, this is a one of a kind yeah, yeah, program. Yeah. yeah. And I got to go. Yes. And here we are. Yeah, for me, it was like a light bulb moment. Because mm-hmm. I'd done all my additions to like to, to perform in schools and stuff. Everything went well. It's just that I didn't necessarily want to go to performance school. And when I found that about the creative industries program, check that out if you haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, everything changed. Mm-hmm. It was like an opportunity to do more of like the business side of things and learn more of like the... Just like what, what else you need in the music industry if you want to thrive in it. I mm-hmm. thought it was great. Yeah. Um, how was your upbringing and like a specifically musical upbringing in, in Timmins? Like was the family playing music? Um, you know, did you have like a friends playing music or was it just like something that you really wanted to do individually? Well, it was definitely an individual thing, mm-hmm. but um, like Shania Twain's from Timmins. Ooh. So growing up, I think everyone listened to Shania Twain and I loved her music. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really... Like, my earliest memory of being, like, wanting to be a performer was when I was a kid. Um, Like, my grandparents were always singing, and my parents were always singing, too. My dad knew so much about music, Mm -hmm. but was so tone deaf. So, like, he, and, like, had no musical skill. So, it was just his brain that was the industry. And then my mom loved to sing, but, like, not professionally. But um, I'm Italian on my mom's side, and there's, like, a large Italian community in Timmins. And Mm -hmm. so, I found that whenever we'd go to, like, big gatherings all the old italians were just playing the accordion and singing so like that's kind of what i grew up around but yeah i think it wasn't until i don't even know what season it was but kelly clarkson's american idol season and i was watching it with my mom i think i was like six or so i don't know yeah um and i was like i want to do that whatever she's doing on stage like i want to do that yeah and i kind of just did and then i signed up for my talent show in grade four and I say <laughs> I sang Mad World by Tears and Fears. I'm like playing piano and singing Mad World and it's like so ominous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and wow. then and then in grade six I did it again, but I did 
U2's Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. Great. Which is a great song, but it's pretty long, especially like, to it play is. to kids who don't know it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's yeah. kind of where it started. Okay, great. And then in high school... Was it, uh, was it, was there a lot of opportunities? I know you, you, you there was like a, a big part of your like musical journey also happened in high school. <laughs> yeah. Um, was it part of your schooling? Like, was it part of the school or was it outside school? It was part of the school. So we had a performance class that you had to audition to. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. I'm just kidding. But you couldn't. You couldn't do it until grade 10. Yeah. And I lied. And I auditioned in grade nine and I got in. Um, <laughs> also, my sister was in it too. So I think the teacher was like, oh, okay, yeah, I trust you guys. Sure, um, sure. And my sister's older than me. So did that from grade nine until 13. Because also grade 13 is normal up there. I don't know about Sudbury. But everyone did grade 13 in Timmins. I no. don't want to, but my parents made me. <laughs> okay. Um, so I did that for five years. And, and yeah, it was... Uh, it was a performance class. It was like literally School of Rock, but we we had an amazing teacher who had a lot of industry experience and he had his master's in music. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, he had his PhD. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just he wanted to create a space for young artists to learn about the business side, but then also perform at a professional level. So mm-hmm. we... We, we would perform in the city of Timmins. Like, we played to, like, thousands of people. We opened at Stars and Thunder for, like, Arkells and Beach Boys and Keith Urban. Um, it was really fun. But um, yeah. I know, but the point that our teacher wanted was for us to not just be a high school band playing instruments and yeah, yeah. playing simple songs. Totally. We would do a lot of prog rock. The first song I ever sang live was Spirit of Radio by Rush. Okay. Not my vocal range sure, sure. at all and i'm so uncomfortable singing it but it's okay it's still a rush it. song though yeah for it, high school students yeah yeah and and we did it but instead of doing it like rush does with just three people we needed like more <laughs> than seven sure sure, sure. um but yeah. yeah and was there a moment there where you like you knew that you wanted to sort of pursue that after school like after high school even even after university was there like a was there like a, a, a defining moment that you remember? Yeah. Um, honestly, I think it started in grade nine with our first concert. And even though I was, I was really shy back then, especially as a performer, I just remember feeling I, I loved the rush of getting off stage and being like, I need to get back out there. Yeah. yeah. Cause the point, it was a big class. There was about 30 of us. So it wasn't, it wasn't like I was the only singer doing every song. We mm-hmm. do rot- rotations of different singers and like I would hop on different instruments. Yeah. Um, and then we caught the attention of coalition music. Uh, I think I was in grade 11 and for two years, a few of us worked through our high school class. Like I got a credit for this. Yeah. yeah. Um, to learn about the business side of the industry with them and then flew to Toronto for a week to record our own music. Yeah. Um, which was amazing. And so that was the first taste I had had, like truly in the industry as a singer and like being in the studio was so surreal. Um, and then when I applied to creative industries, I remember thinking like, if I get in, it's, to help me understand the business to be a musician. I'm not going into this program because I want to work in the business side. I, yes, I yeah. want to be a musician, sure. but I want to know how to navigate it on my own so yeah. that I don't get screwed over. 
Totally similar situation for me. Uh, went into the program not necessarily wanting to, well, maybe be, be, become a manager, but I always wanted to to definitely be more on the music side of things, mm. uh, musicians and stuff. And glad that was that was like the thing for you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, did you like your 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 experience in the creative industries program? <laughs> I feel like this is a common conversation yeah. between a lot of us. Yes, I did. Yeah, I think a lot of people didn't. I liked it, but. I mean, there were a few times where I'm like, why am I paying so much money to just make a LinkedIn profile? Sure, like there were a few sure, sure. a few assignments where you have to make a LinkedIn profile and establish yourself in the professional world. Yeah. I'm not paying you thousands of dollars for me to make a LinkedIn profile. Yeah. yeah. I mean I did, but um yeah. but no, it was so great to have um it was really broad because mm. I, I actually didn't take the music business module. Okay. I took storytelling in media and music uh, and uh, media business. Yes. Yeah. Because within both of those, I was able to take music business courses, which I did, but then some other fun, like RTA stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was fun because I did have interest in film and I still do, but, um, you know, schools for learning and taking classes and, um, in areas that you might not necessarily see yourself in. And, um, yeah, it was it was it was great. Nice, mm-hmm. great. I enjoyed it as well. I I, I can't stop talking about it. Really, um, <laughs> years post university, um, we've been saying. Well, we said it a couple once or twice that you've been working in social media. Mm-hmm. Um, how how has the adaptation to <laughs> to adult life post university been for you? And now also going into sort of like this artist career now. How was that? How have those like two years, I guess, now from from April 2021 been to now April 2023 kind of thing? Well, I still feel like a child. I'm sure. like, I yeah, yeah. and I love it. I'm going to be 25 and I still feel like I don't know anything, but I know everything. I don't know. It's funny. And I, I, I think my expectations were once you're done university, you're just set. And that's not the case. Ew. Um. I, yeah. Well, so with social media, um, I had been working in it during school mm-hmm. and I'd had a few part-time clients that were, it was just nice to make some money while I can still focus on my, my courses. And then with the pandemic, I lost my job and thankfully got CERB for a bit. So I didn't really have to stress about making money yeah. for a while. And so that was great. I had a great time because I was just chilling. Um, but then, yeah, after graduating in 2021, um, I definitely was like, okay, what am I doing? Right. And I remember actually, cause we graduated on zoom. Yes. <laughs> and I remember I had my mom on FaceTime with me while we were doing it and she's bawling her eyes out. And I think it was like 10 AM and I was in my pajamas <laughs> and I'm, I, ha- I, I was wearing the cap that they'd sent yeah, us yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, Oh my God. I'm like, mom, I'm literally like, I just woke up. This is not that emotional, but yeah, yeah. she was well, proud yeah. of me. Um, but I remember talking to her afterwards and, and then I started crying because I was overwhelmed. I was like, I'm done school now. What the hell am I going to do? Because it's huge. Yeah. I hadn't started working with a producer yet. I knew I wanted to make music and I had a lot of people who were telling me you need to start recording, but I don't know. I was just like waiting to find the right person to start working with. And mm-hmm. then thankfully found Sam and it was great working with him. And, um, yeah, I didn't really start taking it seriously until I graduated. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and my my parents were so like so supportive. Yeah. Um, but they were like, you know, you do need to make money though, so find a job. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Sure. I started finding clients again for social media, and then um, was doing some serving here and there as well, nice. as you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now I just work for myself. Great freelance. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then also being the artist on the side, which, well, not on, maybe not on the side. Sorry, the <laughs> social media thing is on the side. Um, but which also blends well into my second topic here, which is um, just new art, new artistry, mm. new just just being a new artist. Um, my first note is expectation versus like reality here. So what 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 was like what was like your expectation coming into it? And how has that been sort of mirrored into what it really is? I know we have a lot to talk about here. I also have so many notes, but um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Um, okay, I think the biggest one for me, and I'm just talking like once I start releasing music. Yeah. Because I was doing some gigs here and there too with like my, my friend's band, Rubber Tire Peep Show. Um, and performing my songs live before they were released, but then I the biggest expectation that I had and also the biggest wake up call that I had was that I expected to just release my debut single and then wake up the next day with like tens of thousands of streams because I believed in the music. I was like, Oh, like the music's really good. And I think people will like it. And also I'm really connected to the music industry. So I'm sure a lot of people will engage with it and share and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't get that. Yeah. Um, which which is funny because, like, I expected it but also knew it wasn't going to happen. It was, like, this weird thing. I think it was just more me trying to manifest and, and hope. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but, yeah, it's really it's really tough. Like, it, it comes down to who you know, honestly. There you go. Just to have, like, if you... Even in the beginning is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, to- yeah totally. Like, if, if you know people who can help with... PR and marketing and um, even like influencers like sharing your stuff or like other other artists with like larger followings. And I hate that it comes down to numbers. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of the industry now. Like you're not you're not releasing vinyls or CDs and hoping people buy them in a store. It's like you look at the number of streams on someone's um, DSPs. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah. And and those numbers are reflected in, in the opportunities that are given after that, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what's unfortunate about it. And that, okay. So then on that note with my first Spotify pitch, I was like, Oh my God, like I'm going to hype this song up. It was a, it's a lovely little liar. It's like an upbeat song. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember what my pitch was, but it was basically saying like, this is going to make you dance. This is great. Like this could belong on these playlists. And then I learned that it's, it, it's all about, at least what people have told me in their experience, it's kind of just about name dropping and and saying like, I'm working with so-and-so on this project who yeah, yeah, worked yeah. with this. Because sure. like, if we're just talking Spotify pitching, for example, it is a business too. They want people coming to their... Um, Playlists and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, and so course. like, if there's an artist who doesn't even have a presence at all yet... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know the chances of them being like, oh, yeah, true, this song's good. Like, <laughs> let's get this on a editorial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. It's all about who you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, that, that was the reality 
years ago and it still is now. It's just the the focus has sort of changed. Mm -hmm. And the name dropping, unfortunately, does matter or not necessarily the name dropping, but even the credits, like who you're working on. Because mm -hmm. they could be like, oh, I worked with X, X person on this project. They're, they're the producer or they're playing drums or whatever. And uh, but they're also on this other song that you also put on your playlist. So why not? You know, can there be a link there? Can we add it to this playlist, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera? Which um, it makes sense. Like because also, you know, even even as a new listener discovering a new artist, if it's like so and so worked with these people. Yes. Who you clearly know, you're you're going to be more likely to click it and yeah. listen because this person who's pretty notable is on it. Yeah. Which bothers me because now it just doesn't really feel like it's about the music. Like it's more about the individual, the, yeah, the and names. The name. mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. As well with the the, the age of social media, mm -hmm. people are individualizing like projects. And um, we talked about it a few weeks ago on this podcast, maybe a few months ago now. But um, it's all about like um, I did this project, and even if even if even if I work with other people on the project, like. A lot of a lot of artists are just like, oh, I produced this. I I like I did it. I everything myself. They're like, sort of um, hesitant on even naming other people mm -hmm. or like uh, not tagging people mm -hmm. on like a bunch of things. That's that's a pet peeve of mine. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, anyway, I I feel like there needs to be more like sharing and just like sh the, the sharing of collaboration on socials. Um, just to like lift other people up in the community. Oh, totally, um, and and give credit where credits due. Totally, mm -hmm. totally, and you're 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 lifting your community up by lifting your your people. Mm. Totally. Um, what are new artists like forced to look at in 2023? I know we mentioned it a little bit with social media, but are there other things um, that that is like super important that maybe you thought that wasn't as important as it as it is actually like currently? Oh, like something that I thought I had to do, but I clearly didn't really. Well, the other way around, actually, oh. something that you didn't expect doing that you had to do, but it's actually one of the most crucial parts of your day or like, uh, hmm, um, like obviously social media and content. Like yeah. I, I wasn't that active on TikTok. I was kind of just posting here and there and mm -hmm. it was usually just like shit posts, um, which I still do anyway, but um, just more often because, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah um, that was one and I think too another thing was because I was debuting and you know like I have such big visions and goals that in the beginning I was like I don't know if I can release music until I can create the kind of music video that I want and sure like for one of my songs <laughs> I was like I want to be in a castle I want to be in a castle in Europe I want to ride a horse <laughs> not that I'm gonna do that I also like I cannot afford that. Um, but, I, but I was like, oh, like, is it is it worth releasing if I can't do the kind of release that I envision? And, like, sure. yeah, like, in the beginning, you kind of just have to, especially if you don't really have a big budget, which I didn't, because um, I spent all of my money on the sound. That was the most important thing for me, mm -hmm. which I would recommend, like, if you're releasing music, make the music sound as best as you can, invest in that, and then the visuals figure it out like you can get grants and stuff yeah, um, yeah but like i've done a few videos filmed on my parents like old digital camera and then edited them on iMovie sure sure and i love them they're they're cute they're nostalgic and you know for the time being you don't have to think too much into it 
something mm-hmm. that I've been telling myself um, when I can't make a decision related to like music stuff is is it's not that serious. Like, for example, with artwork, if I want the flower here, if I want the flower over there, no one's going to notice besides myself. Right. It's not that serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next note here I have is uh, is piercing the bubble. And when I say piercing the bubble, I mean like um, sort of making your kind of impact on the industry or like uh, creating an impact on the industry or like piercing that like emerging artist bubble. Like what are your thoughts on that and what, what are you doing to, to work towards towards that kind of thing? Like what do you think are the steps basically? Um, being active online, <laughs> but yeah. post, posting more often, posting more about your, your work. Um, behind the scenes stuff is fun too because people like to see how you make something. Mm-hmm. Um, performing, obviously doing shows. Yes, yeah. Um, huge. Yeah, I just did a showcase two weeks ago, I think, for emerging artists, and that was great. Yeah. Um, I got some good traction from that because, um, you know, when you're starting, it's really hard to get added to a bill if no one knows about you. So yeah, yeah. you kind of have to do the the dirty work first. Totally. Um, Any advice that you could share with the, the, the people listening that, that you've been given as well, just like as an emerging artist, like just like whether whether it's regards to uh, songwriting or like uh, a social media or even like um, from um, f- even from a live aspect as well. Like are there are there things that like when I say that even just that come to mind, whether it is either your parents or somebody else in the industry, another artist, mm-hmm. somebody you met at a networking event in school. Are there things that like come, come, come to mind here? Um, branding. I think yeah. that obviously it's really important. Um, but so many people are like, Oh, like I got to figure out what my brand is and I don't know who I want to be. And some people have a very specific brand for their music mm-hmm. and then their actual personal life is very different. Whereas others, like myself, my brand is, is me. Like I'm my visual brand. And that took me a while to realize I was like, Oh, like what kind of like brand should I establish visually? And then I just felt like, I don't like pretending to be someone else. Yeah. And that goes back to like being authentic and, and showing, yeah. <laughs> um, showing your personality, showing mm-hmm. like who you are as a person and artist, because another thing that I received as advice during my internship actually um, was new artists, especially like people in the industry don't want to receive so many DMS and emails saying like, hi, I'm a new artist. Here's my music. Check it out with the link. They're just going to delete that because you're not, you're not humanizing yourself. Mm -hmm. um, Or also you're not reaching out to a stranger and humanizing them. You're just like, you're, you could be good service for me. So listen, it's right. like, Hey, so-and-so, um, let's say they have a podcast, just checked out your podcast. Really love it. Um, the topic that you talked about last week about blah, 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 like make it personal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. More than just surface. Yeah. yeah. And totally. I guess it goes with networking too, yeah. which is a big yeah, thing. Yeah. You said it yourself, you mentioned authenticity, which is the next topic here. Um, for you, this is very important, obviously. Um, what does authenticity mean to you in the context of like creating and performing music? Because mm. a lot, a lot of times we talk about authenticity. Okay, yeah, we could talk about um, in our personal lives, you know, being an authentic person in yourself and not being this fake person. Sure, but in the context of the music industry, mm. 
um, and especially social media. What does authenticity like mean to you specifically? Um, I feel like in my experience, at least it, it kind of is about if we're talking about making music, for example, writing music that is actually relevant to you, mm. not writing music just for the sake of radio. Like, sure. oh, I'm going to write this song because I think it can get radio plays. Like, I don't know. I, I love listening to music where I'm feeling something. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, you know, you want those songs to get on the radio too. But, um, yeah, I think vulnerability is huge. And not that you have to you have to be open with your whole personal life with the world, but at least talking about stuff to make you feel like your listeners can relate to you mm. and have a human connection. Yeah, like yeah. That's authenticity. Sure. Um, that goes with branding online too. Um, yeah. Like I have songs that I write that make me sad when I think about them because of the reasons I wrote them. And so if I perform them live, I might say that. It might be like, hey, heads up. I might cry right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe I'm not, I don't know. Like it's yeah. Vulnerability. Why do you think it's important to 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 be authentic now? Um, I mean, it's for me. It's it's funny to even just ask that question because for me, it's it's always important. Mm-hmm. But in 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 the previous even decades of music, authenticity wasn't necessarily at the forefront of the industry. Of course, you think with with social media now and the accessibility to artists, um, we're getting to know more of their personal lives every day. You know, with paparazzi and even just with them just posting on social media constantly. Um, there's like a, there's like more of a, th- there are less barriers to these artists and these artists now have to sort of more, be more their, their authentic self than ever before. Like I, I'm even thinking like in the nineties, like I think about like a, some sort of an individual like Prince even, mm. where it was like the whole thing for Prince was his branding and the mysteriousness where in 2023, I don't think that an artist like that could necessarily be as successful as he was just because of the need for authenticity from, from just a, a fan perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you at with the importance of authenticity in, in the music industry right now? Like, why, why, why do you think it's important to be authentic? Um, I think just, I mean, I don't know if this is too deep, No, no please. but I feel like a lot of, people of influence in the creative industries and like, you know, we're talking about music. So like if you have a large following and influence, I feel like the people who are being open with like, maybe like, I don't want to say like talk about all your struggles, but going back to relatability, Mm -hmm. like I, we're all human. We all go through shit. We all have stuff that we've experienced. And I feel like, the most important thing with music for me, at least is connecting to an audience. Mm-hmm. Like I'm making music that is really relieving for myself. And I'm not saying like every song of mine is emotional. And I like, I just make music cause I like how they sound sometimes. Um, but I want my listeners to connect with what I'm saying. And then when you see me online, you can be like, Oh yo, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like her songs are talking about deep themes and, um, and her her profile has captions about related stuff. Or 
I have like really, I have a dumb sense of humor. So sure. I, can, I have multiple senses of humor, but like <laughs> combined, it's pretty stupid. Like I laugh at the dumbest stuff. Sure. Um, and so I want that to be portrayed as well in my online presence. Yeah, of course. Where do you think like people like stray off the path when it comes to authenticity and not being their most like authentic self? Is it something mm-hmm. that you think that should just be done or is it something that you think that that could be done badly? You know, like one of those like performative, yeah, performative mm. authenticity and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, where do people like fall off the path? The path for you? Mm, I think oh, it's kind of tough. I think when people are just trying to copy others, mm. or, or or honestly, if they're mm-hmm. like, if they're using it not in a good way to promote something, like I'll. <laughs> It's really dark, but like my dad passed last year, and yeah, so sorry about in that. some thank you, and so <laughs> do I say thank? I guess I say thank you. Yeah. That's another thing. Grief. I don't know how to like answer people. Like when they're like, "Sorry for your loss," I'm like, "Thanks," but like, is it? A, I don't know. Yeah, it's grief. Is a, that's a whole totally, other topic. Totally. But like, you know, I'll have days where I'm crying about it, and maybe if I'm posting something, like you can clearly see, like the content is kind of somber, or I'll make like a really twisted, dark joke about. I, his urn on my shelf. <laughs> I laughed for minutes about a TikTok you just recently posted. Yeah. About showing your dad uh, your new song. Yeah. Um, and go check it out on uh, on TikTok, please. Yeah. When I when I post something like that, I I genuinely don't care what people are gonna think. But then I do always have a split moment where I'm like. Will this offend someone? Sure, 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 sure. But then sure. I'm like, hey, well, it's it's my it's my shit. Like I'm right, dealing right, right, with right. it, however I need to deal with it. It's not like I'm making fun of someone else. Right, right. Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like right. I'm veering off of your question. No, no, this is great. This is great. No, it's just like uh, I think like to what you're saying is just like using your current sort of in- environment to also be that's like that's me you know and, mm-hmm. and being your like your authentic self your true self mm-hmm. and 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 wanting to promote that rather than promoting something that's more fake or more um i don't know thought thought about like planned you know yeah a, a lot of like fake authenticity for me is is built on like how, how much how, how, like how planned it is mm-hmm. you know like a lot of that stuff although that being said when I think about like uh, authenticity now in the, in the music industry, I think one of my one of my like pillars, one of my lighthouses, is uh, is like a Kendrick Lamar or something, mm. where it's like he's talking so much about his his himself, his childhood and stuff. But it's still every every mo- everything that he does is so planned and so like uh, meticulously like thought of and like produced stuff. So what I'm saying, I'm I'm going back on what I'm saying currently, whether it's like. There's 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 such a thing as planned authenticity, um, and uh, spontaneous authenticity, mm. but planned authenticity is there's a like there's a fine line between it being like seeming fake mm-hmm. and seeming sort of still real, still still authentic. You know what? Actually, there's like I feel me- like everyone has mental struggles. Um, sure. To varying degrees. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's almost a trend now for people to like make jokes about depression or like anxiety and stuff. Mm -hmm. And when some of some of these people, 
I don't want to say like they, they're not struggling, but like you, you never know someone's story, but it's almost like a trend to trauma bond or like, yeah, yeah, and like that's sure. the content that's popular right now. Right. And you know, someone who not only works in social media, but then for my own work, like I like music, I'm posting often. So I'm looking at trends often and it's just really um, depleting to like constantly just be scrolling on TikTok and you're seeing like every other TikTok is sad or, or like maybe it's a joke, but related to like mental struggles. And I feel like, I don't know. It's a fine line though, because totally, because you know, with, with mental health, I think we've come so far in the last few, only like the last, like, I don't know what number, but I would say the conversation around mental health is so much more normalized now, which is amazing. Totally. And, um, but then there's some people who are like doing it to be trendy. Yes. So I guess that's sure, kind of sure. what you're saying. Yeah, no, totally. I think I, there, there's definitely that for sure. I think some, some trends, um, like trauma bonding, that whole thing mm-hmm. is definitely on the forefront of just social media currently, um, I think I think it's a, I think it's a product of having more awareness towards uh, mental health and all that stuff. With with openness to mental health, you also have a lot more um, the capitalization of, of of that trend with with just some other things that you have to do. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's definitely some pros and cons there, and 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 just yeah. to the listener as well, we're not like. Uh, we're all for, for, for the openness of so, like mental health promotion and all that. You know, yeah. it, it's obviously a real thing. That's not what we we're saying. It's, it's, it's really about, um, about riding the fine line between using it to promote your music mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and promoting um, healthy messages, I guess. Yeah, it's a gray zone. Coming from. There's a big gray zone for sure. It's for sure. Can you share any advice for tips or any, any advice or tips for artists, artists, wow, um, who are striving to be like, I guess, authentic or not even striving to be authentic, authentic. That's a weird word, but a weird sentence, but trying to be more real with their audience. Mm. Like any, any more, any like tips and tricks, like stuff like that, or like thoughts that you go through on the daily that, that maybe like, just, just do it kind of thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think, and I guess this might even be a tip to my like past self, even a year ago where like posting online, especially on TikTok a lot, I was kind of like, oh, I don't want to be posting all the time and annoying people. And like, I don't want people to judge me and whatever and cringe. And then I was like, yeah. who fucking cares? Can yeah. I swear on this? Yeah, of okay. course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like who cares? Um, because at the end of the day, you're just doing yourself a favor and not to say like, you need to become famous on TikTok or blow up, but um, just getting in the habit, honestly getting in the habit of talking about whatever you want and finding your niche of content that you like to make too. Like yeah. don't just do it because it's a trend, like find what you like to do or else you're not going to want to do it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, 100%. Yeah, like it, it just really, it really helps establish who you are online. People get a taste of what you're about. And, you know, like, don't follow the classic scripted TikToks if if you're trying to be more true to yourself. And then, like I think of, not that it's a bad thing to do, but I just feel like I see so many artists being like, "Hey guys, I'm so and so, and I just released this song. Yeah, sure. And sure. it's about X, Y, and Z. 
like you can do that TikTok and and test it out. Maybe it does well with your audience, but mm -hmm. the, at least for me, the the type of content that I seem to want to engage with and find out more about this artist is when it's like not like that. It, it could just be a conversation, and it could still be a, saying roughly the same things, but in a different way. Yeah, being like, I, I can't even think of an example. I. I just crashed my car and wrote a song. Here we go. Right, 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 right. That was a really dumb example. <laughs> no, but I just crashed my car. Yeah, I'm in the wreckage. Yeah, it's <laughs> like I crack, like do it my for the vine. Backwards. Yeah, that that was a rough reference there. Do it for the vine. Um, uh, but no, no, I I totally understand where it's like not being so uh, straightforward with the messaging. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. having having a goal with 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 the content that you're creating, but not necessarily be like, oh, I just released this, and you should go listen to it because of this. And if you like this, if you like so and so artist, yeah, you'll go go like this. And that's like very dry, you know. And that doesn't hook people the way it used to. At least I feel like sure. it did before, but now I don't know. But it's interesting because I've even thought about doing still like still doing content like that because. Hmm. You you never know like exactly you never know and also it's true I think I've been told that I have a similar style to a few artists and it's always the same like there's like a few stragglers like here and there like a few not stragglers but like a few different ones that I get every once in a while mm -hmm. but I always get Shania Twain Stevie Nicks Miley Cyrus right and Cheryl Crow love those artists so it's a compliment when I receive that but mm -hmm. then I don't want to. But then I'm like, do I make a TikTok to say, hey, if you guys like these <laughs> sure, artists, sure, sure, sure. listen to me. Right, right, right. But then maybe that would work. Maybe. I guess a good tip, test it out. Yeah. You, you never go. know until you, you try. Go. There you go. And the beauty with go. TikTok is you can post all the time and it would just do you favors. There you go. Put your head on. <laughs> We're back. Um, <laughs> what is it? 26th episode of the Cloud Machine Podcast with Petra. Petra Walker is here, everybody. Hey. Woo. <laughs> no, no clapping. No. Well, there yeah, you go. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Another Canadian treasure. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're back, everybody. Twenty uh, sixth episode. Um, it's warm as fucking shit in Toronto right now. We're, we're dying. Uh, in the first half of this podcast, even three quarters of this podcast, we had the fan on. So I'm sorry I had to edit it out. Um, number one fan over there. All right. <laughs> but um, anyway, we're back, Petra. Great to have you. Thanks. Um, we're now talking about the 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 the, the last topic before we get into the game is um, resources and what you're looking at next as an artist. For me, my first question here is uh, what are some resources that you have like as a new artist or even before you even released your music? Are there some things that you like looked at some like some some things on the Internet that you were looking at? Maybe some like for me, it's like I go I go to like master class a lot. I love a good mm. master class like masterclass.com. I don't know if you know, but <laughs> I know. So sick. Anyway, go check out master class. Um, are there like resources like that or maybe even some people, some friends, the cloud machine podcast? Oh, definitely the cloud machine podcast. <laughs> I actually have learned a lot from your podcast. Hey, there you go. Um, Thank you very much. Okay. Well, so I guess podcasts, but honestly, like 
I'll listen to a few podcasts. Sometimes if I see TikToks about like yeah. tips, but the biggest thing for me, I just love watching documentaries on musicians, especially musicians yes. who inspire me. Like I have a lot of influence from like the sixties and seventies. And so watching documentaries about these artists um, or even just like interviews that is where I learn a lot and get really inspired. But it's really interesting because I, I tell a lot of my friends in the industry this. The industry that I visualize myself in doesn't exist anymore. Like it's yeah. like sure. 70s Laurel Canyon, the magic of that. Oh, my God. I would love to have lived there and be amongst like Joni Mitchell, Neil Young and um, David Crosby. Like everyone just like going in and out of each other's front doors making music in their like bathrobes <laughs> that is what i want sure don't know if that's really happening anymore um, no unfortunately not but yeah um yeah I, I i just i love listening to other people's experiences like that's where i learn the most mm -hmm. have you experienced or encountered any unexpected opportunities or roadblocks uh, along your journey in the music industry so far um is are there like some like obstacles or like some struggles early on uh, that you could share um, that maybe some listeners, maybe new artists as well um, that are listening that are maybe currently experiencing those things like um, some obstacles or some stuff that, you know, come to mind when I even just say that. Honestly, money. Sure. It's, I feel like money is a huge obstacle for so many things, but this industry is expensive. Yeah. And, and I'm not talking like, basically like to to help further my releases for example i know that if i hired a pr company um or someone to help market me like it you know you get a good return on your investment you get you you ideally see results but it's really expensive and yeah, i sure. just don't have that in my budget right now um like like i said earlier i spent a lot of money on the sound but I don't care about that. Like, I don't care that I spent that much because I wanted to. Like, I, I yeah, I feel like money is a big obstacle, but then also, like, you kind of have to spend it, depending yeah. depending what it is. You Like, for example, you don't have to hire someone to do your social media. You're just going to have to do it yourself and suck it up. Totally. Um, in the beginning. Yes. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't really have a team yet, but... I do have a lot of friends in the community, in the in the creative industries who do different things. Like um, I have friends who can help like take videos of me or photos just like just willingly because they want to and like they believe in the project. And um, I worked with Corey Pittman um, for my first video and it was just like really fun to work with friends. Um, Shout out Corey Pittman. Been on yeah. the podcast as well. Go check his podcast episode. Great episode. Woo. Um, yeah, like you know, you just kind of you just kind of have to work with what you have at your disposal mm -hmm. in the beginning. Sure. And, and grants are good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I love grants. I'm really bad at checking in on them. They're like checking in on deadlines, um, and applying to them. I've only it's applied key. to one. Yeah, yeah. So I should do more. <laughs> Been successful with it. Yeah. Great. It was the ADG. Ooh, mm -hmm. nice, nice. Um, it was like a small amount, but you know. Money is money. Yeah, every I'll amount. Take it. Yeah, yeah, sure. It, it helps. It helps. Um, Wait, but actually, on that note, it's funny because 
my Nona, for example, who does not know the industry, and even my mom has said this a few times, they've been like, oh, like, you want to make money? Like, just go busk. Just just go on the street and just, like, put, like, a jar out and busk. I'm like, no, <laughs> not doing that. Right, right, right. My Nona also said um, my my sister was, like, looking for jobs a few years ago and, like, in her field in marketing, and my Nona was like, oh, just, like, go get a job at Walmart. Like if you want a job, like you can get a job at Walmart. And my sister's like, yeah, but I don't want to work as a cashier. I want to work in marketing. And my, I just can't clue it in. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. 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 It's kind of, yeah. Just generational stuff, I guess. Yeah. I guess. But the music industry for sure. Mm-hmm. My grandparents, even, even though they're very involved in, in, in my family and, uh, life and, and go to every show my, my, my family has. They still don't know really what's going on. Like, yeah, and I know they, they also listen to this podcast. I love my grandparents. Obviously, shout out Hélène and Laurier. Aww. And as well, Carole Demers and André Landry. Uh, but also, but, but, but um, it's not that they, 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 they don't know what's going on. It's, it's, it's more of like the day-to-day stuff. Mm-hmm. That's more of like, okay, well, we have to do this and we have to do that. Mm-hmm. And social media is a huge thing. I, I'm sure, you know, um, you can definitely relate there. Yeah, like my mom, my mom loves to talk to my sister and I like honestly any minute she can. Yeah, yeah she, same here. She also lives far. She lives in Texas. So I think because she doesn't live in close proximity, it's like the best way for her to stay connected with us is to just talk all the time. Yeah. Um, But I'm busy, mom. I'm sorry I can't talk to you <laughs> every day. Well, we text every day, but sometimes I can't have a phone call every day. But she'll be like, Okay, so what did you get up to today? Like, how's music going? Tell me everything. And I'm like, Mom, it I hasn't just changed talk- that much from yesterday. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, right, 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 exactly. Right, right. But then also, I'm I'm so lucky to have a parent who is so excited for me and supportive, and just sure. and just wants to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> shout out parents. There you go, and grandparents, and grandparents. Um, how are you defining success as an artist early on? And what are your, like, long-term goals? <sighs> Big question. Damn. Okay. Ooh. Success early on. Yeah. Like, milestone goals. Like, you know. Um, even if they were just, like, small victories. That have, that have already reached? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, even, like, looking back in hindsight, a year ago today. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I'm sweating so much. Same. Um, a year ago today, <laughs> I was so excited to get just one song out. Just so that I can see Petra on Spotify and Apple Music and totally. everything else. And so I did that. And now I already have three singles out. Um, and so, yeah, like that's just, that's been a huge goal for totally, me for years. Totally. And I finally made it happen. And um, I sometimes forget to look back at like what I've done to like get to where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. That that's really exciting. Also, I've started playing my own gigs for for my own music, yeah. which which is so fun. Um, like I still play with friends' bands here and there, but now like my priority is, priority is my own shows. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that I'm getting emails and DMs to do gigs in the city and possibly other cities is so cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then. Future goals, tour the world. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> On a big tour, like I, I know I got you. Got to start somewhere, but I, 
I've already known for years the types of shows and production that I'd want to put on yeah, when yeah. I have the money for it. Oh. Um, and just create a huge, amazing experience for attendees. Because I've been to a lot of concerts for big artists and left feeling like bored. Mm, um, yeah, sure. There was one concert that I went to. Please. I don't know. Can we I? We won't bleep it. You won't believe it? Come on now. It was Maroon 5. Yeah, sure. And I think Adam Levine is really funny. And what was he on, like X Factor or something? Or Yeah. No, or The uh, Voice. The Voice, yeah. And so in his moment on The Voice, I was like, oh my God, like this guy's really engaging. And then I saw them live and it was pretty boring. I uh, Like they sounded good live. I don't know if he was lip syncing or not, but um, it just felt like I wasn't, because it's a it it is a show too. Like I just wasn't visually excited. Sure. Um. At least Ed Sheeran a few weeks ago was just spinning around on a stage. Um, <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, that but, production was crazy. I know it was really cool. Um. But but yeah, like I I I want to do these really cool shows that feels like, oh my god, this tour is like once in a lifetime. I have to go on it. Mm. Kind of like Harry Styles is doing with um. Harry's house. Well, what's the tour's? Well, what's the tour called? Love, love on tour. I think. I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking at you for the answer. You're no, like, I'm uh, like no blank. idea. Yeah. Um, love on tour. I think that's what it's mm. called. Um, because I see so many videos of it, and like I have a bunch of friends who've gone, mm. and it just looks like one of those amazing, once in a lifetime experiences that is so worth the money, and. It's so fun to watch people experience that. And so I only imagine, like, I can like, daydream about hopefully doing that. Artists need to, uh, artists not necessarily need, but they, they've had to up their game in mm-hmm. regards to uh, touring, production, concert production, all that stuff. I, I think about, like, even just in the last year, seeing shows, like, from the 1975, where they, like, basically tour with a house Almost. Mm, um, mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Or like SZA's boat. What? I don't know if you, yeah, she has like a huge boat on on the stage where her musicians are on as well. Oh my um, god. Yeah, it's like like artists like that who are, have had to push the envelope when it comes to stage production, stage design as well. Mm. Um, do you have for yourself any some any teasers maybe for dreaming about you know? Um, some some certain maybe some certain aspects or some certain things that you'd, you'd want to do if if you had the if you had an unlimited amount of money, mm-hmm. um, what are some things that you you'd sort of concentrate on? Well, I do want to. I mean, like if we're picturing a stadium or like like a big <laughs> space, but like I I want to. F- feel i'm acting like i have like millions of followers no, 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 but that's, like, what, that's what we're saying if, if if money was no uh no object here but i i love when i see really big tours where they have a stage design that it's like like i would love a loop almost okay. um or like a catwalk i guess that's a common one but um one where the people in the crowd who are like farther in the back from ga still feel like they get close up because sure. That those moments are so amazing. Um, something that like this this isn't really budget related, but um, something that I would love to try to do in a show is tell people to turn their phones off for one song. Yeah, because I I think it's so cool. I love when you go to a concert and like you see all the lights going on the on the phones. 
But then also I love when I watch older concert concert films and everyone's just hands are up. Like no one no one has a phone. So everyone's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. straight vibe and they're just like clapping or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't really see that anymore. Actually, I don't think I have. People always have their phones up at concerts. Yeah, yeah. Because you're also videotaping. Like, you know, you want to... You want to capture the moment too, and I'm, and I do it too. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I just think it'd be kind of fun just just to see if people actually listen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely will not be um, catapulting like Pink is doing on her tour. I don't know if you see the videos. She's I have. crazy. She's been doing that for so long. She's too. so cool. Oh my god, the fact like she's just like spinning in midair. Yeah, it's it's really wild. And singing. Yeah, you know yeah, the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that one. Yeah, I love that. Um, but yeah. Anything you're looking forward to towards, like, next, as in, like, the next couple months, even? Mm. Um, yeah, I'm releasing a few more singles. Um, yeah. I was going to do an EP, and then I was kind of like, uh, I just want to do a single just rollout. singles world thing? Yeah, not even a waterfall release, just, like, because I, I feel my, my songs fit best in certain seasons as well, so okay. I was a bit methodical about that. Yeah. Um, like I just released a song called Outside In that just felt like a summer song, even though I wrote it in the fall, closer to winter. Actually, I wrote in like November of 2021. Yeah. Um, or 2022. Um, and yeah, I, I, so I have that coming up. I have a few concerts. Um, I'm going to England for the first time, which is exciting. Ooh. Um, I don't know anyone really there yet, but yeah. excited to meet people okay. um, in the industry as well. Going to Austin City Limits. Yeah. But, like, that's not really career-related. That's just fun. No, no, that's great. Yeah. I'll network, yeah. hopefully. With with the UK stuff, are, are you hoping to go to networking events, maybe some, some like, networking shows, showcases, like, stuff like that? Is that, like, yeah. the goal? Honestly, I, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing. I have no plan. I booked yeah. my flights last night. Last and, night. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And just the main ones. Yeah. And because I'm going from Toronto to Dublin and then Dublin to London and then stay in London however long I want. But then obviously while I'm there, I'm going to want to go to Europe because it's just so much more affordable when you're there to travel yeah, around. Of course. And then from London, um, I'll go to Austin City Limits. So. It's like I'm doing, a, I'm doing a tour without yeah, yeah, exactly. doing a tour. Yeah, yeah. That's um, awesome. But yeah. Your mom's in Austin? She's in Dallas, or Ooh. just outside of Dallas. She's in Arlington. Yeah. Um, but I think Austin's like a two-hour drive or something. So Great. So we're all going together. Yeah. Um, her, my sister, and my stepdad and I. It's going to be Amazing. fun. Um, with, so With Elio, we're doing uh, September in, in Texas, in the southern states. We're doing like Dallas, Austin. Houston, um, Atlanta, we're doing uh, a bunch of stuff down there, and then we're going to the UK. Well, I was going to say, that's yes. that's my plan. I have that. I made an itinerary. Well, I literally, the, the only dates I have is when I'm flying and then your show, <laughs> which I think is like October 6th or 8th? 5th, I think. 5th. Okay. I was close. Um, Something I like knew, that. I knew it was around that time. Great. Because um, I want to make sure I'm back in London for that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I want to no do No fresh. Oh, of course, I want to come. Yeah, yeah. It'd be so fun. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I would love to do some networking events. I mean, I haven't looked into them. I don't know of any, but yeah, yeah, I great. Can do a Google search. Of course. Um, maybe do a few showcases. Um, I was asked about doing one there, so I just need to figure out logistics. Do it up. But 
Yeah, I don't know. Go check out Abbey Road. Yeah, I didn't. I literally, Matt, I have no plan. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, Abbey Road's there. Yeah, I'm going to Abbey Road. There you go. Um, walk the walk. Walk the crosswalk. Okay, this is not, like, it's so dumb, but anytime late at night, I'm, like, crossing a crosswalk with friends. I'm like, guys, look, it's Abbey Road. And they're like, okay, <laughs> okay. you made that joke eight times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, nice. Cool. Yeah. Well, we're going to head into the game now. Ooh. Now, for people... I haven't been watching the episode, the, the podcast before. Maybe this is your first time. Maybe this is uh, your last time. I hope it's not your last time. It won't be the last episode. But um, we do a couple games on the on the on the on the podcast. Uh, for this time, we're going to be doing Dream Fest. Now, I don't know if you know about this game. Um, I don't know if I heard it in the episodes yeah. I listened to. Oh, good. Um, basically, though, for those who don't know, um, it's giving the chance to our uh, giving our guests the chance. To talk about their dream lineup for one night of a festival, basically. Ooh. So, so we're we're, we're going to take we're going to take a moment, by the way, to just to for you to sort of take it in and 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 maybe write down your answers and stuff. But for those listening, patron needs to give me her headliner of the evening, her second headliner, and who would be opening, mm. where it would be, when it would be. Like time of the year, maybe a date or something. The attendance and the ticket price. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah. So That's... we're. I'm gonna give you some time to think about that, and okay. then we'll come back. We'll record scratch back in, and we'll uh, see you in a second. And we're back. Power went out between uh, between uh, the writing of and uh, this moment of uh, the Dreamfest game. Happy to be back, everybody. We're still sweating. We're still dying of heat out in Toronto. So hot. So crazy. Um, I'm sweating. Uh, and we still have to go to this concert tonight. Uh, we're going to see Robert Plant and Alison Krauss. Anyway, back to business. The Dreamfest game. What you got, Paige? Okay, so I just have to disclaim that there's no strategy behind this. I'm not obviously a booking agent. And mm. I didn't go in with the mindset of like, what would be the perfect lineup? This is just who I want to see. Sure. Okay. And, and and I also have to highlight this is a dead or alive uh-huh. game. Oh yeah, yeah. There's, Ooh. yeah. This is like <laughs> these don't exist anymore. Okay. Um. Okay. Main headliner. Yeah. Led Zeppelin. Oh. I right. would love to watch them play live. I feel like even if I went sober, I would be on psychedelics mentally. <laughs> it would just be like so. Crazy and amazing, yeah. and they're so talented. And sure. Yeah, so I would love that. Amazing. But I'm thinking like 1971 or like 1970. Sure, sure, sure. Um, early Zeppelin. Early Zeppelin. Yeah. I mean, even late too. I mean, all this stuff's great. Great. Um, okay, then second headliner, I guess like before them, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. I would cry. Wild. Their harmonies would make me weep. <laughs> um, opener? Yeah. One Direction, 2012 edition. Yes! This makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I that's just, amazing. I, I need to get my five piece, because um, that's what I paid for, and then I only there got four. Go. Um, okay, where? Um, don't know if this is a venue. I was asking Matt before. I, um, I was like, is this a place, or am I just daydreaming? Sorry. Um, so it's in a coliseum on a cliff <laughs> that's surrounded by ocean. So... 
<laughs> maybe Wild. that's maybe that's uh where the Timmons? Greek gods yeah, yeah yeah it's actually what Timmons looks yeah. like maybe it's like where the Greek gods live Olympus it's sure. like it's like Olympus right right we're going there okay there you go um when end of summer feeling August Ooh. um sure because it's all gonna be hot mm. but might get some like cool September breeze creeping Ooh. in um also it's like it starts around 7 p.m and maybe 8 p.m. Because I really want to get some good sunset action. Right. Um, For One Direction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Attendance, 40,000 people. There you go. It's going to be big. Huge. But then ticket price, which I feel like just for historical reasons, not that this is already a pretty historical lineup. Yeah. That, anyway, ticket prices, no matter where you are, $200 each. Very there competitive. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Wherever you are, so it's first come, first serve as well. Because then people can be like, I mean, I'm just thinking about this now on the spot. People can buy a ticket for $200 if they get it and then sell it for, like, so much more. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, but then I'm losing business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, who cares? Ah, um, uh, well. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's how we finish the podcast. Let's finish it up quickly before we uh, lose power again. Actually, the power just came on. The fan's Woo! on. The laptop just came on, too. Yeah. All right. Yes. <laughs> Stoked. Um, stoked to be able to finish this app. You know what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. thought for a while, I was like, hmm, how am I going to do like a disclaimer? Um, but no, we got it done. Mm-hmm. Proud of us. Um, and uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for coming on, Petra. Thanks for having me. It was great to talk about new artistry, which we haven't really done uh, much of in the, in the in, on the pod. And it's great to just, you know, give give some insight on, on what it's like to be like like relatively new to the, to the thing and um, having a, a couple singles out and um, it's great. I, I, it's good to see even your journey. I've been knowing each other now for it's, it's crazy to even think about it, but uh, more than seven years, I think. Oh my God. What the hell? Yeah. Which is, which is, which is wild. That's crazy. Yeah. I think back and I'm seven. like, nah, six, sorry. Say, oh yeah. I mean, I, you Whatever. could have said 10. I'm like, oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Me and math don't do well. <laughs> I pass, but um, no. yeah, no, it's crazy. Like, We've grown so much. Yeah. And we still continue to do things. Um, and I'm very happy to know you and happy to be on your podcast. Hey, well, thank you very much. It's a reciprocal. Just two, just two set, uh, Northern Ontario people just uh, hanging out, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, thank you, everybody. <laughs> Keep on interacting on socials. Follow us, comment, rate the podcast, do whatever you want. I care, but I can't tell you what to do. Um, so <laughs> see you later. Uh, see you next week. Stay safe. And uh, bye. Thank you very much. Bye.